Hello, and welcome to Knowledge Counts, a podcast of the Canadian Institute of Quantity Surveyors. Today we're speaking with Roy Lewis about procurement for megaprojects. What do we mean by the term complex contract procurement? Generally, it's been in my experience that the the complex contract procurement process normally uh, is a process which is part of the energy industry on their mega development projects. So it could well be uh, a major project for a, a mine in on a production facility in Fort McMurray or where I'm from in uh, Newfoundland and Labrador. Uh, it's usually connected to major energy projects associated with the offshore oil development such as the Hibernia gravity-based structure or the Hebron gravity-based structure. Or most recently, it would be a plan which would be utilised in the uh, Muskrat Falls hydroelectric development project. And it, uh, the procurement, the contract procurement process follows a formal pre-approved uh, timeline of disciplines that you have to follow. So what I'm trying to do here is to just give a general overview of what those would be so that people can become familiar with the process and in the likely event that this standard of, of procurement is going to filter down through the uh, supply chain to less significant projects but uh, with more sophisticated and uh, fiscally conscious owners this process is likely to be applied much more. I think that's my opinion, anyway. From beginning to end, how does the contract process happen? Okay, so um, there are really two sides to uh, the contracting process. The pre-award side is normally called formation, contract formation, and the post-award side is normally called contract management. So what we're going to talk about today is the major contract formation, evaluation and award process, which is the entire process up to the time that the contract is awarded. And the key element of this from the owner's perspective is that he would put together a project team and the project team would develop for, on the owner's behalf, a contracting strategy, which would consist of you would determine all of the components of the project which you were intended to contract out. You would define them, uh, enumerate them, uh, expand on their uh, scope, and then start the process of formation of those contracts so you could put them out the tender and award them. So that's the most critical element. The first one is the contracting strategy. The second element is the development of the actual contract documents themselves. And the project team will prepare a contract document template which will identify the contract name, the general conditions and articles of agreement, the scope of work, the technical specifications, the schedule, health and safety requirements, environmental requirements, quality requirements, risk management, requirements, uh, labour relations requirements, and a schedule of unit prices. 
All those elements would be part of the final contract documents, but they would also be part of all of the documentation which would be issued to the prospective tenders during the uh, request for proposal component of the work. So the next step is that the project team will prepare a pre-qualification evaluation questionnaire document to determine the ability of contractors to execute the work. This document will consist of the following questionnaire criteria. Contractor financial background, contractor work history on similar contract work, health and safety plan, environmental plan, quality plan, risk management plan, labor relations plan, contractor's technical ability, and the contractor's resource avail availability, management and staff, labor, union or non-union, equipment, the contractor's subcontractor plan, any materials that they might have access to themselves, and the services that they provide. The project team will develop an evaluation plan which will rate the contractor's submission during the pre-qualification process. But the first step in the pre-qualification process is the expression of interest. The project team will prepare and issue an expression of interest to the contracting community to solicit interest in performing the contract. After receipt of expressions of interest from the contracting community, the project team will review the list of interested contractors and issue a pre-qualification request to the contracting community. This request will include a description of the contract work and the pre-qualification questionnaire. The next step will be the pre-qualification process. Upon receipt of the contractor pre-qualification submissions, the project team will review each submission and rate it against the earlier established acceptance criteria. The higher the result represents the degree of capability of the contractor to execute the work. The project team would select at least three contractors to be invited to submit proposals for the work. The next stage would be the preparation of the tender documents. The project team will prepare the tender documents package, which will consist of the anticipated contract documents and the duration of the tender period. These tender documents will be sent to each of the pre-qualified contractors, along with the criteria requirements for tender submission. The next step is a proposal evaluation plan. The project team will prepare a proposal evaluation plan which will evaluate each contractor proposal as follows. First element is commercial. Under the commercial section, they will review the contract price submission, the labor rate breakdown, major equipment rate breakdown, any contractor exceptions to the contract documents, bonding and insurance capabilities. Under technical, a review will be made of the contractor's technical requirements, execution plan, project controls plan, schedule and milestone dates, resource histogram, worksite requirements, proposed subcontractors and major suppliers, the equipment listing 
and any exceptions to the specifications. And under support services, the contractors health and safety plan, environmental plan, quality plan, risk management plan and labor relations plan, all specific to the tender work will be reviewed. So the next step we have is the proposal review. Uh, each proposal will be reviewed and rated in detail and will likely include an in-depth interview with each contractor proposal team to validate the proposal. The final proposal which offers the best value will be determined based on the rating score achieved. It is not necessarily the lowest price which will be awarded the work. Significant negotiation between the project team and the shortlisted contractor proposals can take place during this review process to determine the suitability of the submitted proposals. The proposal which offers the best value is recommended as the proposal of choice by the project team with the final decision on selection being made by the project owner. Once the final decision is made, the contract award offer is made to the selected contractor. If the contractor accepts the offer, then the final contract documents incorporating any agreed revisions to the original conditions and the final agreed contract price and schedule will be prepared by the project team and delivered to the successful contractor for formal signature. Once the contract has been signed by both parties, the next step is the contract formation and award team will hand over the executed contract to the contract management and execution team to oversee and manage the contract performance of the contractor in the execution of the work. Now let the real fun begin. What does the process of pre-qualification look like? The, um, each of the disciplines that I outlined will prepare uh, an in-depth table matrix of all of the critical components of each one of those disciplines. Uh, it's, it's too much detail right now to go into each one, but it will all reflect the questions to determine the contractor's ability to be able to deliver what the owner requires on that particular project site. And in the energy world, which I'm used to, uh, these elements are critical because the energy owners have very, very high standards of health and safety, quality, environmental protection, constructability, scheduling, because they have deadlines to meet. And they are looking for contractors with the capability to be able to deliver these elements without a great deal of effort. Uh, I can remember uh, when the Hibernia project was under first development, which was in the 1980s, a long time ago now, the team from Mobile, who were the owners, came through Newfoundland and Labrador and met with the contractors who were interested in taking part in that project. And I, I can remember the quality lead saying that whatever your 
concept is of quality as a contractor here in Newfoundland. In order to meet the criteria of mobile's requirements, you have to think 10 times what you normally would be looking at. They are incredibly strict in what they require, and these pre-qualification tables assess the contractor's ability to deliver that to their standard. So they're very comprehensive, and they normally, uh, a contractor is marked out of 100, so they get a rating of, out of 100, like that. So, And it goes through, uh, the other element would be the technical side, which would be the ability, uh, the technical evaluation would be to determine the contractor's team's ability to understand what is required to be built. So there'll be pertinent questions in there about the actual project itself and what would be required and what they would need to do. So if the project is in an isolated site, then they would need to answer questions on how they would be able to operate in an isolated area, which could be uh, two to three days distance away from any of their normal supply chain support, right? Um, or it might be on a remote site where you have to have all marine transportation to bring all your equipment and material and everything in. So you would have to determine and demonstrate to the owner through the pre-qualification criteria that you had the skill set to be able to do that. So it's very comprehensive. Roy, what does it mean to validate a tender? Well, the idea is that there, there's one meeting that um, I omitted in the list was during the tender process, the owner will uh, arrange for a site visit. And generally that, that site visit meeting would consist of uh, all of the, the contractors' tender teams being taken to the site and shown the site, whether it's a greenfield site or if it's an extension to an existing facility, and given a chance to um, evaluate the site conditions. And then the second part of that would be normally uh, a, a meeting process in, in a, a meeting room where each one of the leads of each one of the disciplines of the owner would go through a, a slide presentation of what the requirements were for the health and safety plan, the environmental plan, so they would get an opportunity to see that. And normally that presentation would be hard copied and given to the, the contractors as well to use as a tool during the bidding process. That's before the tenders are submitted. After the tenders are submitted, the, generally what happens, the, uh, the technical team takes the technical section and the commercial team takes the commercial section and they don't meet, right? they, they work separately. But one key is that the uh, after review of the technical sections, there is uh, a meeting with the bidders' technical team that prepared the tender and also part of the team that's likely to be working on the tender if they were successful. And 
what the owner's team, the owner's project team does, they just go to the, the contractor's office for a day and sit and listen to the contractor making a presentation of how they were going to do the work. So this is for the owner's team to be able to determine face-to-face, determine face-to-face the validity and accuracy of the information that's been given in the tender document. Because it could be that a contractor might have gone outside and subcontracted that to some expert and who put it all together, but they would have no idea themselves, their own personnel, on how to actually do the work. So you have to verify that. And uh, so that, that is a normal practice in the energy world for the projects as they go on. So it's, that's a quite a comprehensive piece of the evaluation business, that is, is that, uh, that meeting. Is price secondary to environmental concerns or to health and safety? It's not necessarily geared towards uh, a cost-plus arrangement. Most owners would prefer a hard price. And if you can uh, use the services of a professional quantity surveyor in your team, then you can develop a unit price table which is very accurate and very comprehensive. And, and bidders who are reputable will have the ability to be able to price that. The labor rates and the equipment rates that they, uh, they, the detail for that that they provide is normally used for extra works, for change orders and change orders which can't be evaluated using the unit prices in the contract. Then you would have a, a process that would be built into the contract which would have the rates there for that. Uh, quite a number of uh, the major contracts, however, have uh, what they call SPOs, which is Site Project Orders, which are a predetermined agreed set of labour conditions, including agreed labour rates and uh, how the union environment will operate on the site. So if there is an SPO in place, which the owner would agree with, uh, with uh, the building trades, the construction trades, then the rates and, and the agreement would be made part of the tender package. And then what the contractor would do would just mark up those rates on the basis of what he would have to do for statutory benefits and any other benefits that he would provide. So that, that's that process. Quite often in the, um, the pre-qualification evaluation process and in the tender evaluation process of those elements which are the uh, health and safety, uh, quality, environmental, risk management, you have a built-in failure line. So if any contractor doesn't reach, go past that failure line, in the pre-qualification process, their pre-qualification is rejected. It's not accepted, they won't be asked to tender. If they're in the tender process, that evaluation 
determines results in a failure, catastrophic failure in the rating, then notwithstanding what the tender price is, that contract proposal will be rejected. Are the thresholds apparent to the bidders? That would depend on the owner's approach to industry. And if it's a brand new owner, then they wouldn't necessarily be of a mind to share those thresholds, right? But if it's an established owner and the contractors that are in the tendering process or the pre-qualification process are familiar with the, the owner because they worked with them in the past or submitted proposals in the past, they've got a pretty good idea what they have to do to meet the threshold. And these thresholds are not uh, punitive. Those thresholds are there to determine whether especially in health and safety and environment and quality, that the contractor has the capability to actually deliver. So the contractors would know that. Thanks, Roy, for explaining the process of project procurement. For Knowledge Counts, I'm Wendy Hobbs.